Welcome to Inside Abode, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dave Jones. Uh, we are we have a special guest today once again. But um, before I get into that, I want to tell you that, like I tell you every single week, that uh, you know you can subscribe. It's free. Hit the button. Uh, I'm trying to hear here to to bring a value to to you and whoever else when it talk when it comes to real estate, but also life as well. You know anything that's happening, we want to make sure that we're up on it and talking about it, whether it's social. Uh, or from a real estate standpoint. Today, we're going to be talking about real estate stamp um, from the real estate standpoint. And we have some some things that have happened, some pretty big things that have happened in the real estate world, especially in the world of tech. So recently, the real estate tech world was shaken up by CoStar, um, a commercial real estate data group. So CoStar recently acquired HomeSnap, um, a residential home search product that many of our brokers are, are familiar with. Uh, this acquisition basically put them in direct competition with Zillow, or does it? And so that's the question we're going to ask today. Uh, we have Greg Fisher coming back on, our resident tech specialist expert. Greg, how you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> man, you know the thing I appreciate most about talking to you is uh, the production value of anything you do. So that introduction was awesome. I'm good. It's Friday night, so uh just chilling i mean it was the week after thanksgiving so it's friday um after thanksgiving it was busy it was crazy right. trying is to it, uh, relax a little bit is it as busy for you as it is for us up here like has a market like it, usually because de- usually december it kind of slows down a little bit right and i don't know it's not really slowing down where i sit but is that the same for y'all down there it's, it's not slowing down um you know, uh, we're getting more constrained on our inventory. I mean, there's less and less and less, which is typical in the winter yeah. happening. But it, but volume wise, it's still, it's still just crazy. Wait, I there's a congratulations, and th- I, we've been talking for like an hour before this, but I this has not even come up. Y'all open up a new the, the new space open up. Yeah, or you're working on it. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of open. So we have three like storefront offices in Colorado. And we opened a new one in Littleton, which is a, a little neighborhood in Denver um, yep. or a little town outside of Denver um, on the main street. The address is West main street. Nice. That's <laughs> um, dope. And it's look, it's a little counterintuitive because we're pretty locked down. We're like in a level red status, but we found an awesome place that's perfect yeah you can sit on it for a few months and appoint it and make it cool and and at least people can go in there and and print make copies yeah uh, we'll put you know some cool stuff in the window and have it looking good but uh yeah yeah just open yeah no it's been really fun to watch uh the team stacy and and you and your marketing person and like just watch y'all grow and scale man it's it's been inspiring and it's fun to watch and I don't know. It's just, I remember when it just started, you know, and it was just an idea. And that's the same thing with our office. It's like, man, I remember this was just an idea. And now here we are. It's like this full scale, like thing that lives and breathes. And yeah, it's interesting. It's fun to watch. That's what makes it uh, fun to talk to you because we're kind of yeah you know, on the same journey there. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> For sure. Uh, let's move, let's move to the next topic. And this is, this is the one that really, got me thinking about like, man, I need to jump on a podcast with this because you have the, que- I have the questions, you have the answers. And I'm sure many other people have questions about it. Uh, the co-star. So co-star acquisition of home snap. So 
I remember I have HomeSnap on my phone right now. Um, I use it. And so, but first let's start with CoStar. Who is CoStar? So CoStar is a giant tech company um, that owns a few um, different properties. Um, the most important ones to be aware of um, in the real estate space. And that, you mm-hmm. know, um, one would be LoopNet. That's yep, one that- yep. A long time, especially anybody in real estate has used LoopNet to look for commercial property. Yeah, um, so it's a, a you know popular advertising website for commercial real estate. The big platform that's had a lot of success the last few years is Apartments.com. Yeah, so yeah. Another website they own. You know, they got the commercials. They put a ton of money yep. into marketing, and they're a beast. Um, they are the biggest web property that that is in the game of right. rental search specifically yeah. apartment search if you're looking for um rental of any kind they specialize in um selling advertisements to their the people who advertise those places um it's a huge huge company that um has a lot of those businesses um they also um sell analytics and data products to the commercial space Um, you know, reporting on the market, all sorts of products that if you owned commercial property, you would purchase, use, right. I don't know. It's not my business, but, but they are, that is, that is their core. Okay. um, And being that it's commercial, I'm sure that it's a pretty, it's a big in apartments.com. It's a big company. I mean, they have the funding and the, the resources. Um, and, and so anyway, so they, purchased HomeSnap and who is HomeSnap? What is HomeSnap? I mean, I know what it is, but for other people listening that may not know what HomeSnap is, what is that? Um, our, you know, the agent and broker listeners have probably use the HomeSnap app. HomeSnap's a couple things. Um, one of it's that HomeSnap app that all, a, a lot of you are familiar with, um, HomeSnap Pro, right? It's the mobile app on your phone that most realtors and brokers um, are familiar with, depending on what market they're in, um, is what they use on their mobile phone um, mm-hmm. to look at properties that have an agent profile login so they can see mm-hmm. private remarks, scheduled showings, um, sort of they can do collaborative search, uh, which means you share the app with your customer and uh, you work on it together. So. Um, the MLSs usually make agreements with HomeSnap to be one of your choices um, of a mobile app that you do that stuff with. Okay, so the M- so they so HomeSnap does does have access to MLS data. They have access to MLS data, and is that via IDX feed? Where does IDX come into all of this? Is that just the feed that takes that information and gives it to HomeSnap? I mean. There are so many different agreements for how listing information is shared. And it just depends what the function of the app is. Okay. Um, IDX would be most traditionally, it's when you have a brokerage website and you display listings um, from the entire, you know, or most of the MLS network. Yeah. Um, HomeSnap, the app is kind of like that. Um, but they also, ha- they have an agreement that, you know, any agent can say, yeah, I want to use this as, as my mobile sort of 
IDX. IDX is like the rules and the system of, of the listing showing up right. for the purpose of a broker advertising the listings in some sort of like digital capacity. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. sense. Okay. Um, so why is CoStar, who's over here in the commercial real estate space, they they own apartments.com, um, you know, they're over here. What makes them want to go buy HomeSnap? Like, what what is that about? And yeah, I don't know. Why would why is that important to say a real estate agent that's listening to this and they're going like, why is this? Why is this something? Why is this important? It, it, look, it's a good question for them to ask because we're doing a, we're doing a podcast on it. it might not be <laughs> important to them, um, but maybe it is. I think um, knowing how this space works, and especially because so many of our agents are interested in technology and how stuff works, mm-hmm. I think how it works is worth it. And because we're at a, a place now where information is exchanged so quickly, um, yeah. we can talk about it in real time. So, you know, we, we have the ability to kind of break it down a little bit. It's, you know, Co- CoStar is $35 billion market cap company. That's one of the largest companies yeah. that you have, yeah. you know, it's huge. So that's notable in a, in a general sense. It's notable for tech. It's a huge company for there to be, in tech and they are real estate focused. They work in the domain, but where they don't work, which is why they're interested in HomeSnap is the residential space, right? They have okay. apartment yeah. websites, they provide data and analytics, they have the commercial property websites, but what they haven't really spent time on is the at all is the residential sales market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by um, acquiring HomeSnap, they get access to the infrastructure to get our listing advertisements Got it. into the into the matrix that will mm-hmm. eventually end up with a site, you know, a core brand and site. It might be called homesnap.com. It might be called houses.com. Right. Who knows? We don't know that we'll see, but they have the pipes for the data so that when they want to launch um, a residential real estate search Got website. It they'll be able to because HomeSnap already has that ecosystem. And so, yeah, man, that's a great breakdown. That you 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 explain that perfectly. So, what I'm what I'm hearing you say is like this is here's this big conglomerate, 35 billion dollars. Um they already were in the apartment space, they had apartment.com, they're already in the commercial real estate space, but they haven't touched the the residential space just yet. I'm trying to make this break this down so it's easy to follow for those who may not know. So now that they're in this residential space, are they trying to, what are they trying to do in that space? Are they trying to take market share from someone else? And if it is that case, if that is the case, who is that someone else? Yeah, this is a great question. And I think this is the opportunity to demystify how real estate advertisements end up on websites on the internet. Mm. Uh, So, what they're trying to do is just have a super popular website where millions of people go to search for properties and they would like to sell advertising to random people probably for banner ads and stuff like that, but mostly to mm. real estate agents and real estate brokerages who want to feature their listings on the site. Yeah. Now I said it that way because it's a very specific implementation. Um, when you think about websites online, 
it's all the same stuff mostly except one key thing it's all still photos of the houses mm-hmm. bath and price and all these things right but the decision that gets made when it comes to advertising is who is prominently featured in the ad mm-hmm. um the last decade our industry has acted like a bunch of just ridiculous <laughs> making that more confusing than it is and right have all kinds of crazy consternation towards Zillow when literally they're just an online magazine that yeah. their customers is buyer agents. Um, and what CoStar is saying is their website is only going to be listing agents and that's what you'll pay. Mm, for. Okay. So, um, it's a different product yeah. of what will be a very highly trafficked site. They know what they're doing. Yeah. No question. Right. It won't even take them long to build the ecosystem, figure out the design, make the brand. That site will probably be up pretty fast, honestly. Right. right. Um, but that'll be the main difference. Um, as far as for us and like the business and how we operate, you just have to decide how you feel about your listing advertisements. And, um, you know, I, I think it was a big mistake in the last decade to be so have so much consternation towards Zillow. Um, Mm. Of course, it's okay for buyer agents to advertise their services and and get business. Maybe they'll sell your home, maybe they don't. Um, Most of the time when people are searching online, the first time they send you an email about a house, it's not usually likely that's the house they buy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Like either way, I think if you care about our ecosystem of real estate agents and brokers you kind of always have to have that enough pie for everyone kind of mentality yeah Um, you know so whatever zillow chose to see and also the market decides right like zillow decided we want to see if buyer agents will pay us to be on these listings and guess what like a ton it it worked and and that's what's because trulia so there's trulia as well right and it and Trulia and Zillow, did they come in at the same time? Didn't they come in around the same time? Yeah. And uh, Zillow bought Trulia at some point, swallowed them up, and then now they're the conglomerate that they are. Um, is Here's the spicy question. Can CoStar come in and, and deal with Zillow and be like, yep, I got you. Well, okay, well, or is it, do you think that they have their work cut out for them? Well, it seems like two different ad products and that's True. how I talk about the listings and the data. They're just ads, right? Um, wh- where's the ad going to be and who's going to be contacted? Well, Zillow's model is if you want to be a buyer agent feature on all the listings or a portion of the listings, pay us. Yeah. GoStar is going to say, if you want your listing to be featured, pay us. So it's mm-hmm. two different products. Now Zillow and Realtor.com have, Realtor.com still has that type of product featured listing. Zillow used to have it. They don't do it anymore. They don't have a way for you to feature your listing or or make it more prominent. Um, Got it. So it'll actually be a kind of binary choice sort of for like, how do you like to do your advertising? Are you focused on trying to generate interest from unaffiliated possible buyer consumers or are you doing, do you want the benefits of, of when you 
bring more attention to a specific listing as an agent or a broker or brand and all the benefits yeah. you may or may not get from that. Um, so it'll, it, it's kind of just a choice. They overlap because the people who spend money on advertising probably, you know, cross over a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It'll just be a test and, and how many people want to, you know, buy advertising on there. What happens is, everyone who doesn't buy advertising just has a problem with the way either of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it, so let me ask this. So from a brokerage standpoint, so if I'm sitting here and we put it, so like, let's say we put a listing that goes live, we have an IDX feed, right? And is this, is this new site that whatever it is, is this going to sweep the same listing information that we have? So is our listing going to live on, on this site as well? I mean, this is a question that I think I know the answer to, but I'm asking for the audience. No, it, no, it's that's the right question. You don't really know yet because HomeSnap's current agreements are about providing, you know, an an app ecosystem for realtors. Yeah. So I don't even know. It's sort of unknown if that's the pathway of listings for whatever this new CoStar thing is going to be, or if they're just kind of using the existing relationships and instead of using it via HomeSnap, they just have their own syndicated feed of listings and mm. use the relationships just to, because they didn't have the site. There's some development that has to happen. Right. You have, yep. you have to business development. Like you have to get the MLSs to agree. Right. They're going to, you know, send you a feed of the listings. Um, it just depends. And I don't know. I mean, I've worked on feeds and I, and I don't know, you know, I mean, some of my knowledge there is limited, but um, how, how it's going to end up on that site, I, I don't exactly know. Yeah. Uh, it that's could what's been go. interesting about all this though. Yeah, definitely. And look, that's, that's a great question because it's segue into Zillow, which is Coast, CoStar would have to get it via HomeSnap maybe or through syndication, the two options, right? Syndication or IDX. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Zillow is now changing from a mostly syndication, the beginning of the decade, which is separate from IDX. We kind of sent up, everyone thought about it. And then eventually now what's going to happen next year, Zillow has brokerage license in every state. And instead of taking the data Mm. feed listing advertisements, through the syndication channel, which is not as good and has been intentionally, you know, <laughs> uh, damaged if it means, you know, less listings for Zillow. Um, and they're going to be brokerage members so that they have the right to get their feed via IDX. Because when you think about MLSs and how they support data and listing advertisements, uh-huh. they want, they do that in support of the members who pay them. So Zillow is saying, we'll be members of the MLS and work inside of this ecosystem of, of real estate and real, real estate brokers because they do need some staff on hand for their Zillow offers business. And because it's a better way to get the ads, when you think yeah. about, you think about how many listings are, you know, we're selling 6 million houses, I think this year, how yeah. many millions, tens of millions of ads that have to show up on a website through the year. Yeah. Um, it is a better feed infrastructure for them. So there is this, this interesting 
uh, for going into next year, which is Zillow will be getting their listings because they have the right to, because they're participating in the MLS, like a traditional okay. broker. CoStar, we're not sure how they're going to get the listings. Right. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Um, and that's, what's been funny about not funny. It's been interesting to watch on Twitter, everyone pontificating on what this is going to be and their, their, uh, you know, predictions or whatever, when really at the end of the day, we kind of really don't know. Everyone's no. just kind of. No, definitely don't know. Definitely. Don't know. <laughs> it's been fun to watch though. Yeah, definitely don't know. And it's interesting. Um, I kind of, I sort of connected it a little bit to the DOJ stuff. I think I've kind of maybe backed off that a little bit. One component of the CoStar thing uh-huh. is that homesnap.com was the interface for this thing behind the scenes called the Broker Public Portal, which okay. is a nonprofit um, group made up of smartest MLS CEOs around the country and some other brokers. Um, and they existed to make that website be the same idea of what I said about CoStar, only the leads only go to the listing agent. That's it. Oh, okay. That's sort of basically this group of MLS executives and other brokers kind of saw an opportunity with the success of HomeSnap to yeah. say, your core thing is this app. What if we made your website representative of this idea that we just want to have a website where it's, it's everything just goes to listing brokers and there's no advertisement. And this is more of a neutral, you know, ground sort of place. Um, And so, and so when you think about, when I think about that, sometimes um, it depends on your tactics about how you argue for that, because I have no problem with buyer agents buying advertising on my listings because I'm paying them to sell it. Man. Yeah, yeah, right. There's no, there shouldn't be any objection to that. Also, who cares if some mega corporation named Zillow makes money off of that? None of that matters. My advertisements always get on there. Right. Um, you know, so I don't know. So I guess my point about the broker public portal is like, that theme is clearly has, has attracted CoStar because that's the way that they're mm-hmm. saying they're going to do their site. Yeah. Um, and so. Which makes sense. I, I mean, I, I think it's a great model. I mean, I, I, I think, I think it'll work. I mean, I, of course it's going to work. It's, it's CoStar. Like it's going to work, whatever, whatever they do is going to work. I mean, but it'll be interesting to watch it down the street. Like I read a thousand Watts article uh, blog today. Shout out to uh, Thousand Watt. They're smart people, smart dude. Um, but yeah, I, I, I he and he's he talked to the branding, you know, and he he pointed out apartments.com, you know, while it's this big, um, you know, it, it's it's this big giant thing, but the branding is no one's sitting there going, yeah, apartments.com is dope, like that's that's really this, you know, um, it's more of like a necessity, it's there, it's the biggest one, it's just where you go. Um, and so he, I thought that that was an interesting, uh, twist on that and an interesting thing to bring up because he was just saying that, you know, Zillow has the brand already and, um, apartment, you know, and he's, you know, that was what he brought up and why he thought that it wasn't going to overtake Zillow. Now it's going to work. Like people are going to use this site, but, um, I just thought that that was an interesting take as well. Sure. 
as far as like a decades long consumer brand, I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people in our space miss the good work that Zillow does. I mean, they are a peer in the housing space. They do a ton of important work that is yeah. real estate work that I don't see, you know, lots of realtors doing on their own. Yeah. Um, now, on the back end, in my rentals days, I have gone to events and conferences where apartments.com blew it out. They have the whole <laughs> floor, like a blimp in there, like all Jeff Goldblum's like there himself, you know, and the Zillow things. Oh, over my boys would have went crazy if Jeff Goldblum was there. They love uh, them some Jeff Goldblum. Have you seen his show where they, where he's like going to these random places? There was a show where he went to. Uh, uh, like car derby, like where they like some family that like did car like truck derbies or something. He was like, it was just, he just does the most random. Sh- I forget what it's called, but it's on like anyway. Keep going. Sorry, Hopefully cameo because we'll have to get we'll have to get him on cameo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like giving away a car and stuff, man. And look, honestly, on the back end side, the customers are walking around, not the users, right? So the people who work in the apartment industry are at these events, and apartments.com blows it out. They can get yeah. people to. No doubt, the same way they will be able to get plenty of real estate agents to pay for whatever they do. I think, of course, the argument is on the consumer side. Like, no, there should be zero expectation that what is happening as a company that's related to that platform is the same thing of what Zillow, the company, is. Yeah. Is yeah. Not only they don't have consumer disposition and brands just because they made some math i mean those yeah, people true. work really hard yeah um, they're putting in work yeah they're putting in work like it didn't just happen you know mm-hmm. so there is a brand there you know i mean and and i yeah this is going to be it'll be fun to watch um now there's another one that happened there's another like acquisition that took place uh and that is Salesforce, and you let me know if I got this backwards, but Salesforce acquired Slack. Salesforce being, well, first of all, Salesforce being the CRM, but like, what's the, what's the implications behind that? What do you think that, why is that, why would they go after Slack? Like, why would they acquire something like that? It's a little bit... I will definitely give you my point of view. Uh, I will definitely preface it by saying, of course, a little bit outside the, of my exact domain expertise, but I did read. It's people- all good. We just like to pontificate that we are, we on here just to talk. All right, good. And I did read other people's stuff, man. So like there are other, you know, in that scene, there's this guy, Aaron Levy, he's got a company called box, right? It's an online mm-hmm. story. Yeah. He wrote what his thoughts were. And that's how big it is. Like, Cause usually CEOs and stuff like that. That's, what's been funny about the co-star thing. People don't, won't go on the record for public companies. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, uh, water cooler stuff. If you're, especially if you're at another public company and shit, you just can't. Yeah. It's not, not only it's is messy. it messy forum, it, it is sort of risky. You shouldn't yeah. be doing it. So that's why it's kind of fun to be, you know, operators throwing, you know, throwing stuff out there because only throwing so out many, the hot takes. Only so many people can. There's so many people who can't, right? <laughs> so it's right. Kind of- <laughs> no, I get it. The CEOs can't, or I mean, you know, like if you're you're 
public traded CEO of whatever company, like you ain't going to come out here talking messy about this whole situation because that might be a potential partner. It might be, you know, you just never know down the road of what that's going to look like. Lots of stuff, man. Like security risks, SEC violation. Yeah, yeah, SEC violation. Yeah, that's, yep. There's a lot, like, and a lot of people know how to navigate it. But when it's something so pot, here's the deal is what I'm saying is like people did come out because Slack is revered as a company. The people who started that company, what it has done for businesses. Oh, I um, love Slack. Yeah. It's, I hate email. Emails like, if email would just go away right now, I would be, I would rejoice. But anyway, keep on. Yeah. So, um, so people are more comfortable sort of, you know, talking to it and it's okay to analyze, you, know, you have to analyze the space a lot because the question too was what about Salesforce? Salesforce is the largest CRM in the world. It's mm-hmm. the largest building in San Francisco, uh, is a giant tech company that has deep relationships with big companies all over the world. And so, um, and they continue to um, innovate and have new products inside their big suite of different products that they sell to businesses. Right. Um, You know, people can quibble or not with like sales, not a lot, you know, Salesforce itself, whether people like that or not, I don't know. It's it's not very common. (laughs) We've got enough CRMs to like work with. but, you you uh, have a, your own blog on that. Your blog, you have your own blog post on that whole deal. I remember reading that. Yeah, just write it on your your hand. Um, but yeah, um, what what it means is there's going to be a huge amount of investment, more than there already has been. And Slack already went public. They've been a publicly traded company for a while. Um, right. Just more money is going to into these teams who have shown. Um, the ability to create a very engaging uh, product for, for workplace. Is it, and and so is that going to be, who do you think the target's going to be? Like if they do, like, let's say they start, you know, making developments and they have more money now to do some developmental work on, on this product. Like what, who do you think their target markets? I mean, it's already businesses. Is it just going to, is it going to be specific to a business, do you think, or is it going to be like some of these features and things that they're adding in and the functionality of the of of Slack? Is that going to just be across all businesses or do you think it's going to be geared towards like sales or is it going to be geared towards something else or? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the first thing you would do is just expose Slack to all the non, you know, blended customers from Salesforce and Slack. I mean, immediately. Yeah. You're marketing to everybody on Salesforce. It just right, so that you're already getting, yeah, for sure. That's your first thing. I would say they probably can expand on the idea of what this product is to a, a an exponential factor that would be uh, something that I couldn't even imagine what yeah. they're going to do with that. They're going to make super cool shit for us to use. Oh work. man, I can't wait. Here's the thing, because I when I was in education, this is why I asked that question, because when I was in education, I remember working on, um, I was on a team that, cause I hate, when I say I hate email, I have a history with this. Like when I was with the Tacoma school district, I was working on a team and we were just tech forward driven, like thinking people. I was like, how can we get rid of email? We all get off uh, out of work and we get on our phones and we communicate like this. But when we go to work, we communicate like this one way, 
like archaic nineties, like how do we get out of that and into this? Um, so we started working with Yammer. We were trying to pilot Yammer at different schools because I was like, and then that, that kind of fell flat. I was like, but people, it looks just like Facebook, you know? And I was just like, look, this is, it's cool. Right. But trying to get people out of that is, is like trying to move a 10,000 pound rock by yourself. But when Slack came along and then we had a chance to open up this, this office and start from scratch, I was like, yeah, we're going Slack. Like, no questions asked. This is a dope product. And so I'm interested to see if it's going to be something that you can apply. Like, is it going to truly kill email off at some point in time in the future? Because email has to go away at some point. It is the worst. Like I understand it. It need it, the timestamping aspect of it. There's some things that are definitely valuable, obviously, or so wouldn't be here, but we got it. We got to evolve, man. We have to email sucks. It's so a, it's, anyway, that's why I'm so glad. And I mean, in the real estate space, especially. Um, oh, it's because it, it's lacking. Look, it, it's so tough because how to solve problems for a million different workplaces. The way, oh, yeah. the, way the way they all communicate. Lots. There's plenty of people with gripes about Slack, you know, and the way they have it set up being too interruptive to their processes and things like that. Yeah. Um, email is great when you don't when you want to signal, you don't need a real time answer. If I send yep. you a message in Slack, there may be a little expectation that I, that I uh, intend to hear back from me. Right. With some, you know, so there's all these nuances of like how, how people communicate. It's crazy. You were on that. The old stuff I was on uh campfire. I don't know if you ever saw that, but that oh, was campfire. Yeah. Before Slack, but it's, it was just more a message board. And uh, I told this story to the agents today. But, you know, Slack, we were on early, I, every company I've been at since it started. So I was at um, this company called Doorsteps. And oh, it was yeah, Doorstep. It was the first tech job I had. I was just a realtor that was in the tech and this was my first job, right? So uh -huh. we were using Campfire and it's like 10 people and, and we were all cool with it. We liked it, but Slack had started hitting Twitter, you know, people anyone who was in tech kind of like knew about it and stuff. Yeah. We had talked about it and I was, I'm basically junior dude. And just one day I just said, we're on Slack now. And <laughs> so the woman I worked with there, um, she was not happy about yeah, that. Nah. I call to make by any means, but let me tell you something. Sometimes people know when you got good stuff dude yeah like, yeah you just got undeniable. it you can't like what are you gonna do i don't know no you way better <laughs> no slack is dope man like one of the first time i saw it, i was like yes this is it like this is the this is the future right here I, for me that's how i felt now i don't know what else is out there i might be limited in, in what i know but i have one more question we're going down the uh software nerdery like spectrum here yes. on twitter clubhouse is kind of going up right now like and I know I've worked in Basecamp, you know, like and, and some other project man management softwares. Clubhouse is like gaining some traction on Twitter, like amongst in the in the music industry and stuff like people are really latching on to it. And I know some of them are becoming a cesspool. Some of these rooms are like becoming like just totally worthless, which is with any mm -hmm. software that comes out or any social media platform or whatever. Like there's going to be cesspools out there. But what what are your, have you had any experience with Clubhouse or have you seen anything on that or like I haven't really I signed up for it I do 
I'm that dude. Like if I see something, I'm like, what does everyone talk about? I'll go make a con. I'll make, I'll go make an account yeah. and just like sign up and see what it's, what they're talking about. That's fun. We probably follow different people on Twitter. Cause like the people that, that I, the people that I see on clubhouse mostly for me, right. Is tech scene people. Cause that's a big, you know, that's a big market. That was kind of the rollout. Yeah. Sometimes I want to be first in and what they're doing. This was one where I was like, I just kind of watched the people who were into it for a second. <laughs> uh, also, because they did in the beginning, and you see it in the beginning on tech Twitter. In the beginning, it's always this reservation system. You gotta ask someone. You gotta ask someone. Yeah. To yeah. Stuff. It's, I don't know that. Just I'm not with that. Like, like I, I, like, <laughs> I haven't touched it since. I was like, someone. One of my dudes was like, because in the music and like amongst the artists and stuff, like mm-hmm. I just saw a room with just blaze dj clue like all these djs and stuff and they're in this clubhouse room and this dude and uh skills sent out a screenshot he's like this is a cool room and i was like yeah i'm sure that's dope like i want to be in there with just blaze and see what he's talking about but to me i'm wondering what the functionality of it is because that looks like the group chat like i don't know that's just me but i i find a way to oversimplify a lot of things and i'm wondering here's a here's a random hot take or just random wondering is Twitter going to move to like group chat rooms with the advent of clubhouse and seeing how people are responding to that? Cause Twitter obviously is trying to make some changes with fleets and uh, some other things that probably the stories that to me aren't flying right now. People haven't really used them. Uh, the voice tweet, um, the voice tweet I think can work if it, if major stars do it like Lil Uzi Vert had a, a voice one and he was like, huh, this is me. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. He's sitting there talking into his phone at 1030 at night and I get to listen to Uzi Vert splatter out randomness. Kids probably love that shit. Me, I really don't care. Um, so I'm wondering if Twitter's going to like start doing the chat room thing to offset what people go in a clubhouse and doing that. Why don't you just stay right here? This I can speak to um, just as a Twitter enthusiast. I my- <laughs> For me, I'm the Twitter person that is, it is perfect how it is, man. Like, I, I every agree. Time, every time I see the, you know, the edit people, I'm like, that is not what this product is. Mm-hmm. I too want to edit things that are right. I know that I can't do it here, whatever. It's all that is like just things that make that product the way it is. I, yeah. I don't see those other features take. I, I, I thought the voice thing was cool because I was like, I would like to hear some people that I follow on Twitter, like same for a minute. Um, yeah. People you don't know that maybe you like following or something. Then I could kind of like, like, Oh, cool. I understand that better. Or, you know, all sorts of cases for that, but totally. it didn't, it was like two days that I saw people use that. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, the other cool part is like, I, there, and I, I, and I said this to all my followers, like, yeah, there's some of y'all I've talked to for 10 years and I don't even know what you sound like. I don't even know what you look like. I mean, outside of your Abby, but like, that ain't what you really look like. That could be 10 year old pig. You've had the same Abby for eight years. Like, I know you don't look like that no more. So like, I was, so I use the stories. I jumped up in them stories. Like, here I am. You know what I mean? Like, I want y'all to see a visual representation of who I am. Cause there's a lot on Twitter. It's all people. I don't even know. Like, Right. I talked to people, some people on there for a year, for decade, a de- more. I was on there in 2008. So there's people I've known on there for more than a decade on right. Twitter. And I don't, I've never met them in my life. Right. I, I kind of, um, sometimes I compartmentalize this stuff into like 
what would the what what action is this duplicating in a period when we didn't have these tools so i think about twitter as like if i could put a post-it like on my desk at school what would it <laughs> yeah yeah that's t- and then yeah uh, it'll be a different one like a few hours later or the something. funny thing for you like for me what twitter was it was the major use was i would yell at the tv at games and Anne would always be like, you know, they can't hear you, right? I was like, yeah, but I'm making more sense than they are. Like, I, I'm talking about the game game. Like, they're talking, what are they talking about? Like, that's wrong. Like, you can't. And she'd be like, why are you yelling at the TV? And I'm like, and then Twitter came out. And then I started tweeting it. And then I started finding people watching the same thing. And then hashtags came around. And then, like, I started meeting people talking about the same things. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, so then, you know what? During the game, I was quiet because I was too busy tweeting and you just, and all my thoughts are going out into the interwebs. And now she's like, well, they can't hear you. I was like, well, someone is, and I'm trolling, I'm debating with somebody about something that's watching the same game as me. So it was really cool. It was like being at the bar, but just on your couch. Right? No, totally. I, that's why I think it's, it's so cool. You can find the shared space for me. I just, I fell into that. Like, real estate tech Twitter was my first thing. But then I hit that point too, like when you realize how powerful the platform, when you get out of that first use case, you go, wow, I can, I can actually see what other people are thinking or how they engage with this tool. People I don't know, people I wouldn't normally encounter. I right. can this, discover other ecosystems and, and groups of people yep. by infinity sort of um, subject type. Uh, it, it's just extraordinary, man. I don't well, know. I, I think it's so wonderful. <laughs> it is. You'll think I'm, I'm, you'll think I'm the most basic user. I don't even have lists. I don't do any, I just, I'm an old school tweeter. I tweet like it's 2009. Like I don't have lists. I don't use, <laughs> I use nothing to parse out anything. I just get up on there and that's why my feed is so random. I'd be everywhere with it. Like I, oh, no, I'm so thinking at that I, moment, that's what I'm going to tweet about. I noticed that I've been following you more the last couple months, man. So <laughs> but now I, I kind of, I know how I'm following you a little bit. I, it's funny. You said the thing you said about watching the games though, because I was sort of thinking the other day, cause you were tweeting back at me when I was, you know, doing some real estate tweets and I was like, man, Dave's tweeting about the games, but so am I, but like, Sometimes the coach sees my tweets, man. <laughs> you know, I'm like a little more conscious. I'm like, ah, if I'm about to talk some real estate shit on here, like yeah, inevitably somebody who is experienced and around is definitely going to disagree with me hard. Oh, I love it. Hard. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I love it. When you started tweeting them hot takes, I was like, yes, I got some. You're the one person I want to hear hot takes from. You know what I mean? Because I know we're on the same page. Like, like, yeah, I need more spicy hot takes from Greg on Twitter because on Twitter, I'm away from really, I don't do real estate on Twitter. I do music and sports. And I know. And that's and why I that. don't, but I don't, then when I saw I, you, I'm I like, yeah, man, I really don't. I try to try to let you have your, your Twitter space. Oh no, <laughs> I, I want that. Like I need it. I'm good for it, man. This, I obviously we could, we've talked a lot tonight. <laughs> more than, um, Let's. I want to wrap this up. Uh, thank you for your time, man. It's always a, a a pleasure. And how can people find you or get in touch with you or hold get get a hold of you? Yeah, um, fun talking to you. Uh, we talked a bunch before. This. <laughs> thank, 
thanks for hanging out with us hanging out um well on the if, for real estate people i mean west main homes is our brokerage in denver so check that out our Honestly, if you want to kind of just see what we're doing, following our Instagram is kind of cool because it's just a non, there's a story nonstop. It's a feed of all the stuff the agents are doing. It's kind of, I enjoy, you know, watching, I enjoy watching yours. So I would do that. And then, and then yeah, if you're on Twitter, you can follow me. I'm Greg O'Fish with a C um, for sure. I mean, I'm just going to be tweeting about this stuff that we talked about now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I try. It's good, good, man. I tried to do some uh, NFL. Um, I just, you know, I'm now I have to scrutinize my NFL a little bit. Yep. yep. Hey, man, it's your platform. You get to talk about whatever, like, yeah. all right, yeah. man, well, I'm going to get home to uh, people that are listening. This is Friday night, uh, 740 on a Friday night. And we're sitting here talking about Twitter and Salesforce and, <laughs> and you know, that's just what it is, man. But you're, you're, you're a smart dude, man. I love talking to you. We always, I always learn something. I got something this time. Um, yeah. On Slack, just, I could be doing better in, in that regard. So um, anyway, appreciate you, man. Cool. Me too. All right. Thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, go ahead and hit that. I was going to say hit that subscribe button like a YouTuber, but uh, hit that ad button. Actually, it is a subscribe, but hit that ad button and just go ahead and subscribe. We got more content on the way. Uh, December's or actually 2020 is coming to an end. This is kind of crazy. So we're on our second year of the podcast and maybe we'll do something special for the last one this year. I don't know. We'll figure it out. This year's been kind of interesting anyway. All right. Have a good one, y'all.